What superhero do you relate to most? I'm so curious. Why? Each of us has our own innate nuclear power. It's God-given. And yet, we're all out here wondering, searching, forgetting, and suppressing. I know I was. It's okay. No judgments here. But I am going to get real. As a life and career coach, it's kind of my job. And you chose the show, so no one is forcing you. But the force is real. And the question I really want to ask is, what's your superpower? I'm Sharon Davenport. I've been called a real-life Wonder Woman. This show is designed to activate you alongside other superheroes. It's time that you arise, put your cape on, and fly. Howdy, friends. Okay, so yes, I do live in Kentucky, and I did grow up riding horses, so the howdy sometimes just kind of comes out. And, you know, no, I don't have a Southern accent, although I am from the South. And speaking of the South, I'm super excited for you to meet my friend and today's guest from Alabama, Randy Perdue. Randy is an author, a speaker, and a visioneer with a passion to help refresh others. He believes in an incredible journey filled with passions, hopes, wonders, and relationships. In the midst of this, life can be a struggle sometimes too. So Randy has a natural ability forged in the fires and trials of life to give you fresh hope in the area of family relationships, life, and soul. He and his wife of 43 years, Tammy, have been blessed with four incredible children and nine grandchildren so far, or maybe another one. So welcome, Randy. And is it still nine or are, are we, did we just have another one? Did I hear that correctly? No, not yet, but my fourth kid is getting married in October, uh, November. So I'm hoping, you know, maybe, I don't know, 10 months after that, we'll be having another <laughs> one. Probably not, but you know, what I'd like. No, no pressure. No pressure, right? right? Not rushing anything. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I love it. I love it. Well, again, so happy to have you here. And so, so we're just going to dive right in. And, and yeah, you know, with all of those, a lot with all of those grandchildren, I know it may be hard to decide, but, you know, a question I love to ask all our guests that come on here is who is your favorite superhero and why? I'm a favorite superhero. Uh, I'm old school, so I'm going to go with uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. That's just kind of how I roll. I, I appreciate the fact that he grew up uh, in diversity, losing his parents. And then, um, you know, there's no like supernatural superpower, uh, but just this, this power uh, that he's channeled all those emotions into, into just helping others. And it's just, man, I'm a Batman freak. Always have been. Yeah. So is Ransom, my husband. He's definitely right? loves Batman. Right. Oh, yeah. And all the oh. cool, all the cool gadgets he gets to play with and gizmos and the, the inventions that come about. And, and the like, what about the Batmobile? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. All those cool toys. Batgirl gets thrown in the mix, too. Makes it kind of fun. So, you know, he's got and then the side. Yeah, he does. He does. And then he's, you know, the double double identity there, too. Oh, yeah. But to, to hide. Yeah. Love that. So, and then, uh, so it's just curious to hear from you. What would you say is your superpower and personal superpower? You know, we're all modern day superheroes and how, how would you, how do you use your superpower in your day-to-day -day life? 
Yeah, I, man, I love that question. Um, I, I'm, if, if I were to kind of define what those things are, a visioneer is a term, I, you know, I don't know where it came. I kind of coined it, but probably somebody stole it. Who knows where it came from? But it's the <laughs> idea of being able to, uh, usually when I, I have a little bar card, I call it, it has visioneer on it, Randy. And so, what I, you know, I hand them out whenever I'm out and about. People say, what does yeah. that mean? I said, well, do you ever envision yourself having kind of a better life? And they'd say, mm. yeah. I said, well, I have an ability to help you get there. And, and I do. It's, it's just exhortation, uh, you know, where you, ju you just you can see paths. I guess that's what I do. If someone would give me about five minutes with themselves, I don't mean that to sound arrogant at all. I'm just passionate about people. But if I can hear a little bit about what's going on and where you think you want to go, um, I, I can give you a pathway there, you know, and, and help you help you accomplish that. Logistics is kind of my thing, always has been. And uh, so when you apply that just to, to life and relationships, um, it really is about blueprint. Uh, mm. You know, so so if you can envision something and diagram that, then all we're doing now is reverse engineering and helping you get there. And it's not life's not that hard. We make it way more complicated than it should be. But uh, I would say visioneer or uh, exhortation, I guess, is my spiritual gift in that sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, but that's what it is. I love it. Steps. No. And just just, you know, wow, we could do a whole session probably on and blueprinting and, and helping people to envision their lives and where they could be. And then then as I love how you said, you know, you walk it backwards, you deconstruct it. So many people, you know, there's a, there's a whole exercise around that. And so many people don't take the time to actually envision what their future would look like and then figure out how they're going to make that happen for themselves. People don't take that time. And so yeah. I love that you're there and that that's one of your superpowers to help people with as well. So that's good coaching. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that, but I love doing that. <laughs> oh, man, Randy, you, you know what, you guys, if you just heard that, you know, Randy's a humble guy, but he's pretty amazing to get to know. And and um, so, hey, I know that you connect with some pretty cool people and, and um, on a regular basis. And, you know, who who tell us who are the people that you connect to on a regular basis and how do you how do you like to create community with them? Sure. So I, I move in a lot of circles. Um, so I pastor a church. I write books, um, also do some consulting with businesses and things like that. Nice. So um, I, I do it in circles. We call them circles. Um, mm -hmm. So like with, with the group I'm consulting with now, uh, Tracery Stone, um, I've got a team of five managers that we deal with. And I meet with them every week um, and we, we connect. We do a real quick lightning round, I call it. Uh, you got yeah. one minute. Tell me what's going on, you know, right. in, in your world personally, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, and then, and then I usually give some sort of some uh, personal training on on that. Uh, we work through various different things, but I connect with those people in that way, just trying to help them in their area of this company that they manage to really grow uh, and thrive. And so we, we just talk about growing the leader within you. There's a lot of things that we do there. I've also got a real passion for kids that are um, in their late 30s. So, that, you know, kids, some of you probably aren't even 30 yet, but they're your kids to me. Right. I'm 63 years old. So, you know, I'm okay. in that range. But um, so we meet uh, on monthly basis. I have several of these teams that we meet with. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I love all of these guys. And we, we it's called Better Men, Better Life. And the Ooh, whole point nice. is, how can I let life get better? That's the question mm -hmm. that to me is the most important question that you can ask in any situation that you get into, whether you're struggling with your marriage, maybe it's plateaued or whether it's kids or you're not sure about your work. Uh, mm -hmm. You ask yourself this question, how can I let it get better? That's a, that's one of the, my favorite questions to ask anybody, because 
normally we see the obstacles in our life as other people, as circumstances, as, as resources and lack of them. But really, most of it is internal. So if we ask the question that way, how can you let it get better? It forces mm-hmm. you to be proactive in your life, which is the rarest form uh, that most people do like. Most people are very passive to reactive to life. Proactive right. is the best way to live life. Just just getting there. And, uh, and so if you ask, hey, how can I let it get better? So, you know, if we talk in terms of like just your marriage for a sense, you know, how mm-hmm. can I let that get better? Well, instead of instead of me then thinking, well, if Tammy would just do this or she would do that, right. if I flip around and say, hey, what can I do? Well, maybe I should shut up. Maybe maybe I should listen a little more to her. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I should uh, check out of work a little sooner, you know, and spend a little mm-hmm. more time, carve out more time with her, those kind of things. Uh, so I connect with people mostly face to face. I know that's not okay. normally the way it's done. Uh, we do Zoom calls and we do things like that. But you're asking how I how I connect. Yeah. Uh, that's how I do it. Same thing with friends. You know, I text friends all day long. Uh, yes. And and will uh, Marco Polo, if you're familiar with that app, I'll yes. uh, Marco Polo. You know, we do all sorts of things like that. But um, mostly it's face to face. A buddy Andy, uh, one of my closer friends. Yeah. You know Andy. Um, yeah. we, we probably meet once a week. We just hook up somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not a regular deal. One of us is going to call the other and go, Hey man, where are we meeting? And we do that. And and that's my favorite way of connecting this face. I want to see eyes, right? I want to see eyes. Yes. So that's yeah. how we do it. I don't know if that answers uh, all your questions, but that's No, I love it. I love so much. And I, I hope you guys are taking some notes there. He threw in a little bit of, of how he connects with his wife in there as well. And, uh, so no, that's beautiful. And I love the question that you asked. How can I let it get better? And yeah. and that's asking, how can I take action and make it happen instead of blaming? Uh, there's so much more. That's a whole other session as well. <laughs> Isn't that so, right? Absolutely. Right. Uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do another session with that. But uh, and I love, you know, the face to face and and that that, you know, COVID actually kind of um, did was hampered that a little bit. And mm-hmm. so you know, I know that you're excited to be kind of getting back. You've shared with me a little bit about how you're you go to the market and how you're connecting with the community as well as your friends. And goodness gracious, I mean, the fact that you're texting friends every day, you know, and and checking in with them, that's beautiful and an amazing, amazing. And, you know, I feel like that what you're doing and how you're reaching out to people is is an incredible leadership quality. And um, it's it's being a good friend, but also leading out in connection. And so my I, the next question I have for you is, you know, what do you think defines a modern day leader? Modern day leader. Um, I like that question. Uh, it reminds me of uh, in the scriptures, one of Jacob's uh, or Israel's sons was um, Ishkar. And the scripture says that Ishkar's sons uh, were men who understood the times, which really is a powerful deal that we have to understand that. And I spend a lot of time understanding what's going on in our world right now from a from a church perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. Since I pastor a church, I'm very well aware of a, of a movement within evangelicalism called deconstruction and what's going on there. A lot of people who have been hurt. And there's just some things going on there. I don't want to bore you with all of that, but, but there's a real need uh, and if you don't know that and you're talking to younger uh, pastors and younger generation, you don't know what they're struggling with. Um, you don't know the doubts that they have because their absolutes aren't like our absolutes. Um, and so but, but I think you asked more really um, what's a modern day leader. I think that but I think the qualities of a leader is always the same. Mm. Um, you, you look at, at two or three things. 
And I take mine from the scriptures where Paul told us that we have such a high calling. He tells us in Ephesians chapter four, uh, in light of this high calling of, of being a part of the body of Christ and being an ambassador, a grace agent to the world to yes. demonstrate grace and to offer that. He says, and there's there's four qualities that you ought to have five really as a unity, but four individually. One is that we would be completely humble and, yeah. and humility doesn't we think less of ourselves. It's simply that we don't think of ourselves at all. So when I'm with you, my goal is not to be thinking about me, but but you. That's that's true humility. That's what Christ did. And so to me, uh, you, you, you can't afford to be arrogant. I know you want to. You're trying to sell yourself and put your best foot forward and everything as a leader. But a true leader is one who's always putting his men or, or his, his yes. people first. The second yes. thing is to be completely gentle. Um, it's easy to be harsh and go over the top. Nobody learns like that. I don't like yeah. to be learned. I don't like to be taught by somebody yelling at me and other things. Uh, so while while you can mistake that for weakness, it's really not. It's just reining in my emotions so mm. that I can best benefit you. And okay. that's what gentleness is. Right. And then right. there's patience. Um, mm. And and that's required a lot. And that's we tend to think patience toward people. But patience really means that I'm unmoved by circumstances, that I don't mm. allow circumstances <laughs> to set the temperature of my life. Right. They just yeah. they're just a thing, but they don't set the temperature. And then forbearance is where I'm unmoved by people, right? To put up with each other. That's kind of how the scripture says it, you know, because there's going to be things that you have that irritate me and I will you. And so if we don't learn to put up with each other, we're never going to get very far. So for a real leader to be unmoved by other people's um, quirks and, and those things to, to love through that, to me, that's what makes a leader. And then you have to obviously just know where to lead people. Uh, otherwise, you know, why are you, why are you a leader? So you better have some wisdom about it. Uh, but I, that, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I could talk about leadership forever, but that, those are those are my skinny thoughts on, based on what you, you asked me. Man, that is good. If you guys might need to go back and re-listen to that, because there was a lot of meat in that very <laughs> show. You, you did a great job, Randy, of kind of breaking that down for people and giving those mainly four points. And you threw some other pieces in there. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And, and so many other pieces that I feel like we could talk about here. And um, I love that you know, one of the reasons that I asked you to come on here today is because I want to introduce people to pastors and men of and women of faith and believers who are outside the, the box of the church, who who actually think outside the box, but also lead outside the box. And so I, from the first time I met you, I sensed that with you as that Holy Spirit piece as well. And and so I just I just want to tell you how much I appreciate that about you. And um and it, because we do, you know, for people to see G Jesus today, it, it looks different and it uh, for people to experience him and that relationship people piece as sure. well. Sure. But so I'm curious to hear from you. How do you feel is the best way to show people Jesus to in today's society? What a great question. Um, yeah, um, I, I think there's there's several things. I think the obvious that most people they run to is love. Right. I mean, that's kind of the hot topic that, you know, Jesus love. We're supposed to love others. They'll know we are believers because we love each other. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, that's how Jesus kind of defines us when we're standing there, you know, separating from the sheep and the goats is because we served somebody. Right. Yes. Uh, and I'm not diminishing that at all. I think that's it. But I don't think that's the most crucial piece. Mm. Um, I think what starts before that is what Paul says in Colossians, uh, that we would be people of compassion. 
And the term mm-hmm. compassion is an interesting term. So if you do, if you go layers and layers down in the in the uh, in the understanding of that term, and you break it down to its very core, it means to see. It means mm-hmm. that I see you with an idea of being able to help you. So before we can ever serve anybody, we just have to be able to to see people. That's what compassion is: to mm-hmm. see with an eye to meet. That's why the scripture says that the Lord's ear is ever attentive to our cry, right? And so He turns and He sees us. He did that with. Um, with uh, uh, Hagar when uh, she had been cast out from the house and she was thrown into the wilderness with her son and she was worried and and crazed out about what's going on there. And so Mm -hmm. she, when she, when God does speak to her and encourages her, 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 she's the first person ever named God. She said, you are the God who sees me. Right. And that's a powerful Mm -hmm. term. So what people want today, because as much as we can connect, whether it's uh, through, social media, whether it's through, you know, whatever it is, we're, we're not connecting eye to eye. We're not connecting heart to heart. Mm. Walk down the streets. I walk every day. I walk the streets of Birmingham. I'm a crazy guy. Uh, I, but I walk That's about 12,000 steps down, sometimes the north side of town, sometimes the south side. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll go anywhere. It doesn't really matter. But as I'm walking down the sidewalks um, and I speak to people, it's amazing how many people aren't sure what to do because nobody does that anymore. I don't know how it happens in Kentucky, but we're down here in the South, man, where we're like, you know, y'all and all love and hug and everything <laughs> else. And, um, you know, but but there's not that. And so when you, especially if you see a homeless person on the street or someone that looks like they're just in need, most people tend to look away. Man, I, right. I love to lock eyes with I want them to know I see you. And that means they're going to ask me for money and all of that. And I never carry money. Not, that's not why. I just don't ever carry money. Right. So my answer is I don't have any money, but if, if there's something – you know, if I can pray for you about something or if there's a, there's a need that you have, if you'll give me a, a, a way to meet you, maybe I can figure that out. It, it's time consuming. But to me, I've met some incredible people that way. Um, you know, and I do the same thing if I go into a, you know, we, we have I, there's about seven entertainment districts in, in Birmingham and the Hampshire, my wife and I hit every one of those up. And I usually write about what's going on. But I love meeting with the servers. I love dialoguing with people. It's seeing people first. And then the second and before it's love, at some point, they have to see holiness. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole point. And by holiness, I don't mean do good. I mean, I mean, they see they see that we're not like other people. I'm not going to get angry with you. I'm not going to be short with you. I'm going to be those things we talked about in leadership. I'm going to regard you as more important than myself. I'm going to yeah. be gentle with you. I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to put up with you. That. Because nobody does that. Everybody's hustling their own deal and hawking their own wares and everything. Mm -hmm. You're you're in what uh, the old book um, get get out uh, get get out of into the uh, blue water or or, uh, oceans. What was the name of that book? Blue oceans. Yeah, blue oceans. Yes. Get there, man. Where all the blood's not spewing because everybody's cutting each other up. Get out into the blue ocean. And uh, to me, that's what it is. When you when you live a holy life like that, practical holiness is what I'm talking about. And then you and you see people and then you try to meet that need with love. That's what love is meeting a need. Uh, yeah. And you can change the world that way. One person at a time. Man. I mean, that's all Mother Teresa did. Yes. Yes. And look what she the, the impact that she had. Holy cow. Yeah. And, and 
Randy, you are having an impact. And again, that's another thing. As soon as, you know, I met you for the first time, I could sense that the compassion piece and how authentic and genuine you are with that. And that's that's a gift. And the fact that you make it a point to connect and to see people for who, you know, who they are. And what what a beautiful gift for all those that know you and all that is to get to meet you. And, you know, Ransom and I, when we go out to eat, um, before we eat at a restaurant, we love to go out to eat. I mean, I know you and, and Tammy do too, right? We love to go out. We, we, we will always ask our server. We tell them, hey, we pray before we eat. Is there anything we can pray for you for? And what... I mean, what an incredible experience that has been. There are times that people are shocked and there are times, I mean, that people go, wow, thank you. And then sometimes they, they don't know what to say right away, but they say, let me think about it. And then they come back with a, you know, it's, it's my mom or it's my son. And we hear part of their story. And, mm-hmm. and when, when's the last time, you know, so, nobody may have asked me and we don't know. And the, we don't know the days they've had. I mean, I, I've had people literally look at us shocked and then start crying, like yeah, yeah. break down and just ball because, because, and then they tell the story about, you know, this older gentleman at a very high end restaurant. It was the first time that Ransom and I had ever been to like a, a five-star restaurant. And um, we, we, we asked the maitre d', he came around to the table and we asked the maitre d', we were in a very secluded private, you know, part of the restaurant. And he, um, and we had just gotten out of debt completely except for our house. So we were celebrating, you know, at this restaurant. (laughs) So, so he, um, and we asked him and he just stopped and his face completely changed and said, my wife is Mm. dying of cancer right now. Mm. And he, and he literally, he went in, he goes, Thank you. And this older, put together, well-to-do maitre d', he's working at this restaurant and he starts crying right there. And both Ransom and I were like, oh my gosh. And so we didn't just say, hey, we'll pray for you and go away. We said, we're going to pray for you right now. Come on. And and literally we prayed with him and he came back around and he actually thanked us so much. I, you know, that was years ago. I don't know where he is or how that whole situation is, but we never know what people mm-hmm. are dealing with. And just like right. you seeing the people, the the person on the street and, and making eye contact and, and, and what, I mean, Jesus said, you know, he's same thing when you were talking about and telling that story, I was like, you know, Jesus talked about, like, I have something better for you than, than, right. you know, yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, we have this, I have this statement I make, I mean, to myself constantly, but every, all the people that I, that I have a, an opportunity to talk to is that the whole world, every single person is that far from cracking up. They truly are. You think about it. Even you yourself or me right now, if we, if we were to take some time and pull the layers back, there's some things yeah. that are really on my heart, you know, and some are huge, right? Like, like that man with cancer. Others are the fact that their marriage is cracking up and they don't know who to talk to about it or they're worried right. about something or, you know, all of those things. And, and listen, I've had the privilege of walking with some really high dollar people, some very mm-hmm. low income people, right? CEOs in Birmingham and, and uh, other areas that are high dollar, very prominent people. And they, I've never had one of them talk to me without at some point hearing that, man, they're, they're about that far from cracking up. Right. Right. And so I think knowing that's helpful. 
hundred percent. And and it doesn't matter where you are. We all exactly what you just said. We all have our struggles. We all have our things. And just because you're high dollar and just because you're making money, you've made many successes in life doesn't mean that they're not struggling or suffering. And we never know if if I feel like if we feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to speak to somebody or inter interact with them, or if we just do it and make it a habit, then we could come across somebody who's thinking about maybe ending their life or dealing with something so tragic that that was the last day they expected to be on earth. And literally we actually, as you mentioned before, we literally can be the change that keeps, you know, change one person a life at a time. And if, if that was it, if I only was able to affect one person, it would have been worth it. You know, yes, that's what life's doing. Yeah. So speaking of like hurting people and if, if somebody is seeking answers, you know, what, what are like one to three things that you would share with them? Maybe somebody's hurting or, and seeking, you know, love to hear that. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, we can always give quick fixes like, right, here's a, here's a scripture or here's this, or I can tell you right. what to do. Um, so, if, but if we're careful and we we're here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to draw out of them what's going on because every every behavior that they do is birthed out of an attitude and every attitude flows out of a thought right i mean as a man thinketh in his heart so is he so when right. people are struggling and and they can't seem to get it right they need to think differently but you can't just say well you need you need to think differently you have to say <laughs> well so tell me why why did you feel like you know hitting that guy or why do you feel like lying right there that mm. got you in the situation uh, or why is it that you're mad at God because you have cancer? Why, 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 why are you blaming him? I, and you can't just ask questions where they sound intimidating. But when you ask simple questions and say, honestly, I just want to know, there's an attitude behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and mostly it's a it's a self-absorbed. It's fear. It's it's all of the we, we talk. You and me talk about blockers a lot. Right. It's going right. to most likely be one of those blockers that you don't know how to get around. And we, right. we see them as giants, but they really are. It's a thought process. That's all it is. And John Bunyan, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, I don't know if you remember that or not. It's an old. Yes. Yes. But there's one point before he can get there. There are two lions and they're on the on the capstones of either side of him. And he doesn't know that they're chained. And so for him, they are these monstrous lions that are going to eat him alive. Mm -hmm. But yet they're chained. Well, every fear we have is just like that. It's not as big mm -hmm. as we think. We just by faith have to walk through that. And so if I'm dealing with somebody and I have the privilege of talking to people, they, uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, it seemed like people come to me when they got a problem and I, you know, I hadn't figured it out yet. I'm like, God, I got a sign on me that says that, but I'm like that guy that people just like talking. To. And, yeah. uh, and so this is normal. I mean, so it's commonplace for me to say, well, Hey, let's talk about this. So what's going on? I, you know, I noticed that you've got this attitude thing going on. Uh, right. And normally it's like, say it's going to be a thought of something like they're getting left out. Or they're, you know, what, whatever that thought is, then I want to help turn them to scripture. And so well, let me tell you what God thinks about that situation. Let me tell yes. you what, that's why it's important that people like you and me, and I know you do as well, that we know mm -hmm. the scriptures because that's the only, that's like the library of, of, of the most greatest wisdom in the world. And if we can't pull that up out of the recesses of our mind when we need to, to help give it to someone, mm -hmm. We, so we should see ourselves as spiritual librarians in a lot of ways, not quoting scripture with it, but opening up right. wisdom and letting them say, hey, this is this is wisdom. here." And and uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but that's how I, I see everything in think attitude. And because my thought will dictate my attitude and the attitude is the windshield, which I see life with. 
And then yes. the behavior always flows from that. And so people always want to complain about their behavior or what are somebody else's, but it goes all the way back to, to the, the whole process. So that's how I deal with whatever problem I've gotten. That's how I help other people deal with theirs. I love it. I love it. So it's it's asking questions of ourselves first mm-hmm. to try to, to get the answers, not looking for outside or blame or I, you know, I, I love the theme that kind of keeps coming up again yeah, yeah. is as and that you help facilitate that with people, too. And people are drawn to you because they understand, you know, because of your compassion, because of the you you exemplify the leadership qualities that you just shared with us, too, earlier. So um, I, I understand I understand why people are drawn to you with that. And, um, but so beautiful. And, um, and you do, you do see people that's an, that's a gift too. And I believe that though we can learn to see people as we do it more, just like any muscle that we strengthen, we can, as we actually ask people those questions. And, and at first, when my husband first started asking, you know, the servers that I was kind of embarrassed, I was like, they just want to be left alone. They just want to do their job. But then seeing the reactions and the responses, you go, Oh shoot fire. I'm going to do that when he's with me. And when he's not with me, exactly right. (laughs) Because, it changes things. And then yeah. people, and then genuinely care. And I have a, an ongoing prayer list that I tell people, I'm not going to just say that I'm adding you to the list and oh, then wow. not, not do it. Yeah. I'm going to actually follow through and, and, and the list is getting bigger and bigger, you know, and I'm not saying that again to toot my own horn. I'm just saying, right. if we say, Hey, well, I'm going to pray for you. So many of us keep going and we forget. Yeah. So sure. keeping that list in a phone or, or taking action on actually praying for them. But so Randy, we have, we have just a couple more minutes here and we're kind of, I want to shift gears just real slightly. And you have a book um, on Amazon called diapers to dorms. And can you tell us uh, as we're kind of finishing up here, can you tell us a little bit about your book and share it with people? I absolutely can. Let me tell you where the title came from really quick. Diapers to dorms. So Tammy and I got married. We were in our early twenties. By the time we were 24, we had three kids four years of age and nine years. So we had them jam packed. So we kind of kidded about maybe having another one. And she was like, nah, like, you know, we're outnumbered already. You know, all those mm-hmm. kind of things. And so we raised those kids in a very, uh, I'm a, I'm a kind of a disciplinarian guy. You know, if I, mm. I mean, do as I say, and I want it now and immediate obedience kind of thing. Uh-huh. So then we're laying in bed one, one night when we're in our forties and Tammy says, Hey, uh, we probably ought to do something. Cause we're getting old. I know we thought about kids, but it's time to do something. Well, I didn't like the idea of that at all. Cause I knew where that was going. And I said, look, one of us is broken. It's okay. We're cool. That next month, she gets pregnant. So we're in our 40s. And so we actually have a do-over. So my (laughs) youngest son uh, is 13 years younger than my youngest first set. So we had one in college, one in diapers. And so we just decided to write this book because I had a chance to do a do-over. Most people don't, right? But we actually got a do-over. And uh, besides, we've been helping a lot of families out and things like that. So the subtitle of the book is Raising Kids That You Actually Like, because I think that's important that, that yes. you should like your kids, uh, who others like, because I, mm-hmm. they won't invite you anywhere if they don't like your kids. And then right. you like yourselves, because in, if they so those three things are what we strive to help people see. So real quickly, I'll tell you exactly how it works. And then you don't even need to buy the book, but uh, we'll go ahead and buy it anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty book, but uh but so the goal is, is to help you reverse engineer to a blueprint. So I would ask you, if you were a young mom and you had kids, I'd say, okay, so, you know, uh, you know, tell me about, about Abby, what do you want her to look like? And she heads off to kindergarten, you know, what, what kind of things do you want her to think and know and feel 
How do you want her to relate to people, right? And so you craft that you're crafting a blueprint for your kids. Nobody thinks about right. doing it that way, but that's what right. this is. It's a directional parenting blueprint. Andy Stanley made a statement years ago. It's not intention that gets us to our destination. It's it's direction. And right. so we all intend to be good parents, but then life comes at us and we never get there. So right. just like what Ula kind of teaches us, if you're familiar with you know your audience is, uh, you know, it's that whole balance and growth, right, to find our purpose. So we, right. have, we have three different benchmarks that we help walk parents through. One is the zero to five year old. That's the training phase or the, the, the uh, I'm sorry, uh, the just the, the early phase of just getting them under control. That's all you're doing. You're just trying mm-hmm. to get them under control. Discipline. Right. That's it. Just make mm-hmm. sure they behave. So we, we look at what are they what are they going to look like at the end of that game before right into head into kindergarten? Mm-hmm. And we say, okay, what what do you need to do then? What do they need to learn? What kind of things should you do? And we help walk right. you through that. So then when you get to that phase, it's then junior high. What do you want them to look like when they start heading to into that junior high middle school years? And and it's the same questions. And then we help them see things differently. Uh, and that's the nice. training phase. And then when you get to high school, they're not you can't train them anymore. I mean, you can, but they don't want it. So right. you're coaching at that point. You can't tell them to do something. You have to have explained to them why. You know, because I said so is no longer an answer has to be beyond that. And so we say, okay, so when they when they launch, you know, whether they're they're going to college or they're going to get a job, what do you want them to look like there and what needs to happen? And we help you make a mental shift. Like most people think one more rule will fix a kid in that phrase. But rules minus relationship always equals rebellion. And so you're never going to work well there. What we want to be is their trusted friend, not their best friend. That looks silly when. When someone tries right. to be their best friend, right. but you want to be their trusted friend. You want to be right. their, their go-to phone call when all hell breaks loose and they don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. I want to be the guy. I don't want them calling somebody else. Right. And so the whole book is designed to help you do that. So that at the end of it, you actually like those kids and other people like those kids and they like themselves. So that's kind of the skinny of the book. Well, I I know you said you're just giving it to us, but since I have a nine, almost 10 year old, I still have a ways to go. So I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go order that book. I don't know about you guys listening, but I'm definitely going to go order it because there's, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job, but there, I love what you're saying. And and in teenage years, I'm not looking forward to those. So, um, (laughs) well, I am. But I, I think it'll be the learning experience for us as parents as well. So. Oh, it is. It's a great ride. Wow. I, I love it. Diapers to dorms, you guys. So yes. check that out. Well, man, Randy, you know what? You weren't kidding when you said you have a passion to help refresh others. And, and I know that, again, I feel uplifted every time that I encounter you. And I know our friends listening here today, too, got yeah. lots of nuggets to take away with them. So Thank you so much. Yes. For Thanks for having me. I love it. Definitely. Thank you. Love, love your insights and your wisdom. And, um, you know, if you're, you're, if any of the, our listeners here and our friends are, are you know, in any around Alabama, any of the really good Birmingham, Alabama food joints, yep. you know, I'm, uh-huh. I know <laughs> that you might want to get Randy, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, you guys listening, for any of you who um, want to want to know a little bit more about how to touch base with Randy, feel free to reach out to me at hello at activate you, the, the letter U7.com as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And until next time, my question for you is, that is listening, what are you going to do with your superpower? Thanks again, Randy, and bye for yeah, now, guys. We'll see you.